Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes, we're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a lane. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. No Mike, no Rashad. Instead, Andrew Nemec filling in on this Sports Sunday. We spent the first hour talking about the lack of parity in the NBA, the, the Warriors dynasty. And in the draft, teams falling in love, falling in love with measurables instead of watching the production. And I told you before the break, nowhere is that more apparent than in the NFL at the quarterback position. And you look at this NFL draft, and I'm sorry, you look at this NFL draft, and you just said two months before the draft, there were maybe one or two first-round guys and then five or six guys that should go in the first three rounds. And instead, because everybody wants a quarterback, everybody thinks that's a quick fix. Five of them go in the first round. Five of them. That's not the way to build a team. Your quarterback has to have time to make plays. He has to have guys to get the ball to. Quarterback should be your last piece. And yet time after time after time, these NFL teams think the shortcut, the fast track, is drafting a quarterback early. How many quarterbacks have we seen their entire careers derailed because they go to a team that doesn't have an infrastructure that can help them succeed. How many times? And this year's draft, there's no excuse. There were not five first-round NFL quarterbacks. I'm sorry. You cannot you cannot convince me that five of these guys were worthy of being first-round picks. The Niners did the math. Credit to the Niners. They did their math early and said, we can get Jimmy G for a second-round pick. The Niners won this draft with a non-draft pick. They gave up a second-round pick, and there isn't a team that drafted a quarterback in the first round that wouldn't have traded their first-round pick that they got this year for Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a star in the NFL. We saw it last year. He got a trial run, and he killed it. He got a trial run, and he looked like a pro bowler. None of these rookie quarterbacks are proven by any stretch. And in some cases, they fell in love with, with measurements. And we've seen this time and time again. It doesn't work. The NFL falls in love, and then they say, well, drafting a quarterback's a crapshoot. It's a 50-50 thing. It's not. It's really not. 
No one, no one who, who really watches thought Jimmy Clausen was going to be great. No one who really watches thought Johnny Manziel was going to be a great pro. If you did, you don't pay attention. What works in the NFL? What is it that makes you an elite quarterback in the NFL? Arm strength? Being 6'5"? Nope. You need to have B to B-plus arm strength. You have to have it because you have to make some throws. You have to be able to make every throw. So you need B to B-plus arm strength, and then I want elite accuracy. I want elite accuracy. You can't tell me Tom Brady has the biggest hose, excuse me, has the biggest arm. <laughs> that that could have come across a totally different way. You can't tell me that Tom Brady has the strongest arm in the NFL right now, but he's an A-plus accuracy quarterback, so he's the best quarterback in the league. Drew Brees. Drew Brees has a very, very strong arm, but he's not six foot five. We keep falling in love with this six foot five, 230-pound guy that, you know, the Josh Allen of this draft. Josh Allen sucks. Josh Allen sucks. 58% completion percentage, bro. <laughs> and the thing is, he's worse against good competition. Every, every game he played against good competition, his numbers were worse than his averages. Last I checked, the NFL was better than college football. Last I checked. So it's going to get harder, not easier. And then he goes to the Bills. The Bills have a crappy weather stadium, which places a premium on accuracy. And he's the least accurate quarterback that's gone in the first round in several years. Josh Allen's not the answer. Who Josh Allen reminds me of? Christian Hackenberg. Does everybody remember Christian Hackenberg, the Penn State quarterback? He was supposed to go 1-1. Got a chance to see him at the opening, which is a camp for the top high school quarterbacks. They invite a bunch of the draft picks. He was supposed to go 1-1. And he comes out, and I didn't fall for it because they were all coming out together with high school kids. And I saw Christian Hackenberg. I said, that's the best-looking guy here. That's the best-looking guy. It was Christian Hackenberg. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, but he's four years older. Okay, okay, let's see him throw. Then I watch him throw, and, you know, they're just playing catch back and forth, warming up their arms 10 yards, 15 yards, 20 yards. Maybe the best arm there. You go, okay, maybe. Looks pretty good, right? Then they start doing drills. And you have to roll out or drop back, either one. They did both. And then throw the ball through a hula hoop towards the sideline at about 15 yards. Some of the high school guys put it through the hoop. Some of them missed by a good distance. And then Hackenberg comes up and misses by yards. Yards. Literally to the point that people, a few people on the sideline were laughing. Literally. Supposed to be 1-1. Can't even get the ball near the hula hoop. The radius, the catch radius for receivers in the NFL, especially on, on passes that are shorter, is much smaller than a hula hoop. And he had no chance. It wasn't even close. He had no chance. He might have made one through. But he missed with seven or eight of them by a lot. And then he still ends up being a second or third round pick. I don't, I, to be honest, I don't remember. He was supposed to be 1-1. That was the big thing. And then it was like, oh, he can't really throw. Yeah, but he's, man, he's big. Man, he's big. Sam, Dar- Sam Darnold. God, he's tall. Plays for USC. USC quarterbacks put up numbers. Do they? Do they? I'll give you USC's quarterbacks. I'll try to take everybody else. Enjoy butt fumble and Matt Leiner. I'm not interested in it. You look really good sometimes in college because of who you have around you. And nowhere has that been more apparent than at USC over the years. Mark Sanchez, not a great NFL quarterback, a terrible NFL quarterback. Matt Leiner, terrible NFL quarterback. And people bought in because they put up good numbers for a good program. It's so much harder. It's so much harder to put up good numbers and look good when when your supporting cast isn't very good. But people keep falling for it. The best quarterback in this draft was Josh Rosen. That's who the best quarterback was in this draft. And second might be Lamar Jackson. And it's not because I think Lamar Jackson is some finished product and elite talent. I don't. 
but I think he projects to be pretty dang good in a couple years. Sure has a high ceiling. He has a high ceiling. That that and that's one thing that you're all when you're drafting that should be obviously when you look at that it should be a factor. But what is also he doing on the field? Which I personally I want a a, a smart individual. Um, which that would be a Josh Rosen, somebody who's going to help manipulate the game before the snap has even um, been snapped. I want I want the the pre-snap Peyton Manning manipulating the game, seeing what's going on on the other side, changing the plays. It, you there are certain quarterbacks you can look and you're going, man, that guy's super talented, but he doesn't have the ability to make that happen at the line of scrimmage. There's a minimum for arm strength and there's a minimum for intelligence, and both are pretty solid. You have to have a good arm and you have to be pretty smart. But the thing that makes you successful is accuracy. Because you, if, you, if you're not accurate, Agreed. but you've got a big arm, you just throw the ball really hard to the other team. I'm, cool. You're going to lead the NFL in dropped interceptions because you throw the ball so hard to the wrong guy. Not interested in it. Not interested in it. You look at Baker Mayfield for the Browns. The Browns take Baker Mayfield. Here's how you know that's a terrible pick, even if he pans out. Even if he pans out, it's a bad pick. The Ravens picked 32 and took Lamar Jackson. And they had Lamar Jackson higher on their board than Baker Mayfield, and he went one. So if you tried to make a trade right now, well, maybe not after minicamp, we'll see. But if you tried to make a a trade right after that pick, the Ravens would not have traded the guy they got at 32 for the guy the Browns got at one. That is not getting value out of your picks. That's not getting value out of your picks. Your goal, your goal is to get the best value out of your draft. When people look at your draft, they should say, man, they got a lot of value. And you look at some of the experts' boards, Mike Mayock's board, the Browns had the number one and number four pick, and they didn't get a top 10 player in the draft. That can't happen. It shouldn't happen. Well, when, when you think about it, though, the, the NFL, especially when it comes to the draft, is so cyclical, and it, it's such a um, a copycat league. When the For... For several years, it was, you don't need a running back in the first round. You just, you don't take a running back in the first. Look at what happened when they took Trent Richardson in the top five. And all of a sudden, Ezekiel Elliott comes out, um, Todd Gurley come out, and all of a sudden, it's like all of these running backs are back in the top five when you're like, no, 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 look, look, you can still get the value. Look at what Kareem Hunt did last year out of the third. You can you can justify him over the guys that were taken in the top ten last year. That that um, It's the same thing with the quarterback when for for a long time, they were like, you know what? You don't mortgage your future for – it's just not worth it for a quarterback. You d- you don't send them eight picks to get yourself a quarterback and move up. You look at what they did with RG3. You get one successful story with a Carson Wentz, and all of a sudden, everybody's mortgaging their future. They're jumping up in the draft, and they're trying to get that quarterback because they saw the one success story. And that's the problem with the NFL is they see one success story, and they're like, we can do it. Well, everyone's looking for the new mid-major FBS Carson Wentz. So, so Josh Allen then goes too high yes. because he has to be Carson Wentz. Why does he have to be Carson Wentz? Because they why does look he the have same. to be? But why does he have to be Ben Roethlisberger? What if he's Byron Leftwich? What if he's Byron Leftwich? We fall in love with this narrative, and it, and it doesn't work. Look, okay, in the absolute perfect scenario, your quarterback is a superstar. So let's say it's Andrew Luck. Look at what happened with the Colts. The Colts had a slam dunk at one. Slam dunk. Andrew Luck's a superstar. When Andrew Luck's healthy, he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. If you don't think so, you don't understand football. It's just that simple. He's elite. He takes a terrible team to the playoffs every year when he's healthy. That's that's who he is. But because they have no infrastructure around him, no supporting cast, 
even with the layup of an elite quarterback, they're terrible still, and he's hurt. You need to have a pretty dang good supporting cast before you take that quarterback. That's the way you build. And we've seen it time and time again when it works. The Seahawks, the Niners now, good supporting cast. Then they bring in Garoppolo. That's the recipe. Any other recipe, you're putting your quarterback out on a limb and saying, good luck to you, youngin. You're going to get blitzed. You're going to get hit. And we may not have a receiver to throw to, and we may not have a running game to support you. The best player in this draft went number six. That can't happen. Quentin Nelson is a future Hall of Famer. The interior offensive lineman, Quentin Nelson, is a Hall of Famer. How he slides to six with as good as he is, I don't care what position he plays. He's a guard. Okay. You can't take a guard uh, at, at one. You can't take a guard. I'll take an elite interior O-line where I can dictate the line of scrimmage for 10 years over a quarterback that's a coin flip. And that's what the league says it is. But again, it's not. Josh Rosen has a better than 50-50 chance of making it because I know Josh Allen ain't making Well, Yeah, I, I disagree. In the, I, I think the best player went five. I, I think it's Chubb. But at the same time, it's, and, it's the and same I'll, concept. I'll even, I'll even grant you that while you're wearing your Broncos right. hat. And I, I get it. But it's the because same concept. You can, you you can, can pair dictate him. the lines of scrimmage. Right. And yes, well, you pair him with a, a Vaughn Miller. And everyone's freaking out. And it was a great job by the Broncos. The Broncos now pair Bradley Chubb with Vaughn Miller, and now their edge rushers are terrifying. Why couldn't the Browns have done that? Why couldn't the Browns have had Miles Garrett? Now, one of the things you want to do is compound your value with your draft. So if you take a guy at linebacker, then it makes sense like the Ravens did when they had Ray Lewis and he was aging. They took Haloti Nada. Mm-hmm. Haloti Nada was valuable because he made Ray Lewis more valuable. So you suddenly are adding value all over. You're Correct. making every, you're elevating your team. Compound interest. When you take a quarterback, you're not necessarily elevating your team. You're sticking out on an island and hoping they get better. But if they take Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett's very, very good. But if you put Bradley Chubb on the other side, Miles Garrett becomes elite, and Bradley Chubb has an easy way into the league where he's not constantly double teamed. Exactly. Instead, the Broncos go ahead and do it, and they look like geniuses. And they are. They have the best value in the draft. It, it, it's the same thing. Like, but that's the thing. Like, you cannot – if you're starting a team, like if you're, if you're giving me every player in the league, I get the first overall pick, I'm not taking Tom Brady. Uh, that doesn't even make sense. I'm not, I'm not taking Andrew Luck. I'm not taking uh, Carson Wentz. I, I'm taking the best left tackle Ooh, in the league. See, that's see. where I just if, – if you're giving me a known commodity – I'll take the quarterback if it's a known commodity. What I'm saying is the draft is not – these quarterbacks were not known commodities. They're quick. Every quarterback's a question mark. But this league starts and ends with, if I'm getting another pick down the road, I'll take a quarterback, I'll take a lot of line, offensive linemen, and then I'll take a receiver to make sure he has support. I think – well, see, this is where I think. I, and this is why I would skip on a Tom Brady. I, I'm very much well, believed, he's old. Well, other than <laughs> – like, let's, let's say – Six years ago, right? You still got another six years out of Tom Brady playing at an elite level, obviously. Um, I guess what I'm thinking of is is this league, and you've you've mentioned it several times in this segment, is so enamored with the quarterback position that they forget about everything else. They just forget about the whole team concept and that this is the ultimate team sport in football. And so uh, what I want to do is I, I like the idea of having a elite team with a good quarterback. And I think that there that model has been proven and I'll just go back to Super Bowl 50 with my Broncos where you might have had an elite quarterback but he he didn't have the 
physical he, tools he wasn't, that he used. He to. wasn't elite. Anymore. He wasn't anymore. What they had exactly. was an elite defense. What they had was an elite supporting cast, and then a smart quarterback who could elevate the rest and of the roster. And that's what I want. And that's what I what I love about the Broncos and, and John Elway recently is I think he okay. has kind you of get made one that more stand, Broncos right? reference. Well, I'm going to do. It's, just, <laughs> it's been work. It, it works out for the segment just it because does. Um, it does. You're right. It's changing. It, he has kind of put the foot in the sand of I'm not going to pay what everybody else is going to pay for a quarterback because I don't believe you need to. And I agree with that. I'll watch the Niners whenever you'll watch the Broncos whenever, but there are some sports that I only watch when they're at their absolute apex. What is the ultimate sport you only watch when it's at its championship? We'll talk about that next on sports Sunday on 10 the fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. No Mike and Rashad today. Instead, I'm Andrew Nemec, guest hosting. Justify won the Triple Crown this weekend. He's the second horse ever to win the Triple Crown as an undefeated athlete? Horse? Whatever we call him. He joined Seattle Slough in 1977. And as interesting as that is, I think it's far more interesting to say, what sports... Do we only fall in love with and watch at their absolute apex? Horse racing, most people only watch the Belmont Stakes if there's a triple crown on the line. Uh, Soccer, people watch. I mean, people watch soccer now. Soccer's a year-round thing. I think the ultimate sport for watching it only at its apex is gymnastics in the Olympics and figure skating at the Olympics. You could also convince me curling because every single person I talk to every year for the Winter Olympics says not only do they like curling, but they wish there was a curling bar around here so they could go and curl. And I know no one who's ever really gone. Those are my sports. The other weird one, and I think it's kind of a, a sneaky outlier, I would never, in fact, you're a creep, if you go and watch Little League Baseball and you don't have a family member or a close friend involved. You are a total weirdo. If you just go and watch somebody else's kids with no rooting interest, but I'll watch the little league world series. (laughs) And not only will I watch the little league world series, I will judge the coaching. Is he a good man? Does he treat the pitcher right? When he gives up five runs, he gives up a five spot. How does he treat him? Does he yell at him? Does he tell him, you know what? You're loved. And at the end of the day, you're going to go home and everybody loves you. I I'm a sucker for that, but I, I wouldn't watch Little League World Series, or I wouldn't watch Little League Baseball at a park ever, ever. In fact, if you do, maybe you should be arrested or at least questioned. But I'll watch the Little League World Series. College baseball. I don't watch college baseball during the regular season, but I'll watch it when it's in Omaha. Now, maybe not some of the games this year. In fact, I I purposely won't watch some of the games this year. Uh, Talked about it a bunch of times. Don't want to talk about it again. But I'll watch the College World Series. I'll watch college baseball. What's your sport? What's your what's your ultimate sport that you can't, you have to watch, you love watching it when it's at its apex, but any other time you're not interested in it? I'll probably track and field is one of those ones where I'm not too interested in track and field until you, you put something on the line in there. I um, Like, I, did you watch, did you watch the NCAA championships at all? Uh, no, I watched some highlights of it. Okay. Yeah. See, for me, I'll watch that level so that's not the eighth because it's it's not olympics so i watch quite a bit i guess i mean in, in, in compared to the average person i guess i'll watch track and field like i would watch the the national like 
like when they go and have their meet to for the national title. Um, okay. It, uh, big time meet. Sure. Um, I'm not going to watch it, you know, throughout the season. Um, typically, I'm not even going to watch uh, the national team unless it's something big like the Olympics as, as well. Um, I, I don't even I don't even think I'm going to. I, I literally think it would be only be the Olympics that I really watch track and field as well. So Swimming's another one. Yeah. I'll watch swimming only if the U.S. has like an elite swimmer, like Michael Phelps. That mm-hmm. was fascinating. I watched every race of Michael Phelps when he, I don't even remember who it was, Team Canada or somebody, or France, it was France, and he beat him at the line in this like split second insane comeback. It's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then I didn't watch swimming again for like the next four years. Yeah. I mean, it's just like that. I, curling is the one that everybody likes. Now watch, you're going to say you don't like it. I will watch Olympic curling. Like, it's on. It's in my periphery where I've got it on while I'm doing other work. And it's like, eh, how's America doing in, the, in curling? And then I'm like, you know, curling would be fun. If, if you could go to a bar, if there were a bar that were like, pitchers and curling, beer and curling, I'd be like, during the Olympics, I'd be like, I'm going. Let's go. Right. And then we never get it organized to go. Never happens. No. What other sports do you watch that are like the side? I, I'm, I'm a, I love watching water polo. Um, okay. I used to play. That was a really good one. You can't really watch it outside the Olympics. There, it's very hard to find. Every once in a while, the Pac-12 Network, but very, yes. very rare. Yeah, and, and the Pac-12 Network because that's um, I'm, the Pac-12s where water polo is really, really, really played uh, yes. down in California. I don't, I don't think uh, national titles ever been won outside of the state of California in the in the sport. Um, is there, is there a sport that isn't huge now that if it got huge, you know you'd be really super into? I've got one for me. All right. I got tasked with covering the state championship game in lacrosse in Oregon. Okay. And I loved it. They, the team celebrated literally by jumping on my work bag, and it cracked my laptop. <laughs> and I, I didn't want to report because I was new at the Oregonian. Like, I'd been there less than a year. And it, like, blackened half the screen, and there's a huge crack in it. And I used my laptop and just pretended like I had, like, a weird dimension screen for, like, a year. And then I was like, this just broke (laughs) because I didn't want to be the guy that just got a laptop and got it broken. So I just didn't say anything for, like, a year that I had a broken laptop. Despite my laptop breaking, I really had a good time. If lacrosse became huge, where like the draft were on TV and everything, and we knew the players, I would follow lacrosse religiously. I, I love lacrosse. I might follow like a volleyball, like okay. if that was on TV more. I, I actually find volleyball to be quite entertaining every once in a while. Uh, every year down at Seaside, there's a giant volleyball tournament. There, It's yeah, the biggest it's one on the West Coast. Yes, been there many times. Uh, it's fun to go. We typically, I go with a, a group that will have our seats lotted out on the big sand berm. You're watching the women play. We watch men and women's. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, it's both. I, there. Tried, it's both I tried to get you there. Hey, hey. I, I can't say I hate watching the women. <laughs> right. 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 But I do like the sport itself is very entertaining. It's very interesting. Um, you get into the, the six man volleyball. That's a lot different. Um, and that's really entertaining in its own right. Just it's so team oriented, yeah. and a lot of the athletic things that they do at the net, um, at digging the ball out is it's real fun to watch, and it's pretty fast paced for what it is. I'm going to let you tease the next segment because this is apparently a staple of this show. I don't know what it is, but it sounds like something that I will love. Yeah, coming up next, Andrew Nemec's going to let you know if he loves or hates what it is I have. 
to bring up whatever topic it is. That's next here on 1080 The Fan. But first, I have Sports Center. Nice. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. No Mike, no Rashad. Instead, I'm Andrew Nimick, guest hosting. And this segment's all about Jesse because he's got to love it or hate it. I almost said love it or list it. I'm buying a house and we're watching a lot of love it or list it. But this is love it or hate it, right? Correct. Okay, let's go. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, to uh, love it or hate it here. Um not a lot going on. Well, we, we had a lot going on in the sports world. It's all kind of winding down now. We're starting to get into that lull. But it is 90 days to the NFL season. 90 days. Well, actually, I think it's 80, 88 at this point. But Okay. Like my Broncos are kicking off in Dude, my Niners. For the first right? time in a long time, <laughs> I'm excited about my Niners. Season. How could you not be? Oh. I, um, I'm going to go ahead and say top five GM. Top five. I'm going to go ahead and say he's probably got a – I like your coach. I like Shanahan. I think he's going to work his way up there into the top five at some point. Top five GM, top ten quarterback, top ten coach. I'll roll with that yeah. compared to what they had three years ago any day of the week. And a whole lot on Sunday. All right. All right. We're, we're on it. We're on We're on the AFC West already. I'm going to, I'm going to throw it out there. We're going to throw a little biased question out there. I think – I think it's obvious in the AFC West, the LA Rams are probably the team to beat. And NFC West? Uh, yes, NFC West. Sorry, I was thinking AFC. You're good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the NFC West, the um, the LA Rams are the team to beat. I would assume you would agree with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that's, right. That's accurate. But I, there's a lot of turmoil going on. I think you can see a lot of flip-flopping in positions uh, between the three teams behind them in the Arizona Cardinals, the Seattle Seahawks, and obviously the San Francisco 49ers. Love or hate, the San Francisco 49ers are going to find a way to come in second in the NFC West this coming season. Oh, I think they will. I love that. I, You know, I think there's some, and there has been for a couple years now, some weirdness going on with the Seahawks, and I think it finally nips them where it really affects them on the field. They've lost some big pieces Offensively, I'm not in love with them. Uh, the running game last year was abysmal. The offensive line hasn't gotten a whole lot better. I, I just, I don't see, I think this speaks more to the Niners are what they were, cl- close to what they were at the end of last year, and the Seahawks are going to regress losing some of the pieces they lost. I think the Niners do finish second, and I think it's very, very likely the Rams finish first. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think the, the, you're, you're seeing that trend. It's just been an upward trend um, for San Francisco since Lynch came in and took over that team and took that brilliant move of, of getting Garoppolo for a second-round pick, which just, I mean, I don't even know how he does I don't know how he's done what he's done so far in his short career as a GM. Like, it blows my mind. He's done a really good job. I mean, Phenomenal. he's done a... He's done a he, He's been good, and and it's adding pieces that all make sense and all fit together. And that, that's easier said than done is to go into free agency and not super overpay and to find pieces that all fit so you still have wiggle room. They still have a lot of wiggle room. The Jimmy G deal at the time, people probably would have put that in the hate it category. I didn't. 
Um, he was the highest paid player in the NFL, I believe, for a stretch. Their highest paid quarterback, certainly. And now every quarterback that's signed, it seems like, has topped it. And now it looks like it might end up being a bit of a steal. And that's foresight. That's seeing things ahead before they happen, understanding the market, and knowing where things are going to go. Something the Blazers failed to do two years ago. And you can see what happens when you don't project forward the right way. It can really bite you. The Blazers thought the salary cap was going to go way up Mm -hmm. and they'd get steals in Leonard, Harkless, and Turner. Now it's the ultimate reason their their roster is bogged down. Niners the other way. They get Jimmy. I think what's going to end up being on the cheap, they're going to have wiggle room to add a supporting cast around him. I love the Niners' future. I think they're going to be – and I'm not just because I'm a Niner fan. I think they're doing a lot of really good things right now. I agree. Yeah, it's – it's like I said, it's amazing what Lynch has done since he's been there. I still think there's a bit of a gap between L.A. and the 49ers, but I think they're – that they've proven, especially on that, uh, what, six-game win streak that they had ending the the season last year – they are definitely probably the second best team in that conference or in that division to, to end the season last year. Uh, moving on to the NBA. Um, this is something that I uh, I think is kind of interesting. We think about the Cavs. I think ultimately, no matter what, they would have made the NBA finals, whether they made those trades at the trade deadline or not. I think that team was going to make the finals. Um, but what I do think, uh, and maybe you'll love, maybe you'll hate it, I don't know, is the fact that the Cavs would have been better off if they would have had their original roster with IT, Wade, and Rose. Love or hate? Ooh. I don't think I agree with you. And I and the reason and the reason is what we saw from LeBron in January. He quit. He quit. And he had about a three-week stretch where he was the lowest-rated player in the NBA who played more than 20 or 25 minutes a game. I don't remember the exact stat. I think it was 25 minutes a game. He was rated the worst player in the NBA. And and with as skilled as he is, how does that happen? Right. And it's because he quit. And I think he had no faith in that group, and he believed they were going to be bad. Not because they aren't a better team on the roster. You may be right there. But I don't think LeBron even cares (laughs) if they don't make some major changes. That is right there. That just goes back to your conversation at, in the first, yeah, the first couple segments of LeBron being that teammate that kind of not is capable just, of submarining an organization, yeah. and that matters. I mean, look at where the Cavs could have been. He forced, he forced. You brought this up off air. He forced the Kevin Love trade where they could have had Andrew Wiggins. How much better? And I know Andrew Wiggins isn't great, but how much better are they against the Warriors? With a guy like, with a supporting cast that's Kyrie, who should have been there, but LeBron kind of ran him off. Andrew Wiggins and LeBron. That Ky- Kyrie, Andrew Wiggins, and LeBron is interesting. And then you have to wonder, who do they sign in? Because Wiggins is on a rookie deal, at least for the last couple of years, right? I mean, he would have been. Yep. So who do you bring in at, at the post? Suddenly, you've got a chance at winning the title, or at least an argument. Mm-hmm. Kyrie, you could make an argument that in playoff basketball is a better playoff basketball player than Steph. I, I wouldn't say it's for sure by any stretch, but you could make the argument. At the very least, they're close. LeBron, to me, is a better basketball player than Durant. I'm not sure that's close. And Andrew Wiggins and Clay, Clay's a better player, but Andrew Wiggins certainly does a better job on Clay than they have with the poo-poo platter of George Hill and who, el- who else cares or knows, J.R. Smith. Um, the MVP for the Warriors in Game One, and and Kevin Love, who doesn't really fit in this series. Not I, at all. They'd have been in a they'd have been in better shape, not necessarily keeping that group, but keeping the group when LeBron came back. How about that? I love that. Yeah, yeah, probably for sure. Yeah. I love that group: Kyrie, LeBron, Wiggins. Yep. 
that team has some cap space and has a chance to add a post now again retroactively and be pretty good in this series i love that team lebron couldn't keep that team together because it bugged him lebron is just so uh talented that um despite the fact he keeps trying to submarine his teams with bad gm moves uh they still do well kobe did the same thing Yep. And Jordan did the same thing with moving parts. Yeah. You know, Stacey King had no chance with the Bulls. Just You just ran him off. But it wasn't because he, I mean, it wasn't because he was a, he wasn't a key component, right? Pippen stayed. Key component. Dennis Rodman, as big a knucklehead as Dennis Rodman was, stayed when they needed him because MJ understood his value. And said, so we can't run off guys that matter for my rings. To me, that's being a better basketball player. You understand what your organization needs to win games. LeBron doesn't. He understands what he needs to feel good on the court for himself. Correct. Which is what Kobe needs, too. MJ actually understood how to win championships. Now, he hasn't carried that over to a GM at all. He just seems to draft Duke and North Carolina white guys that are stiffs. I I think we need to get over this Duke-North Carolina draft pick every year because it's not working out. Right. So, I, I, I hate the idea that... The group that he had in January is better, but I love the idea that if, if LeBron would have taken his hands off, they'd have been in a better spot. Now, NBA playoffs, a lot. some people thought that the games were interesting, but the fact of the matter is there really wasn't any parity. You knew what the outcome was um, last October when the season was beginning um, that ultimately the the Warriors were going to win. They were probably Warriors, Cavs, Cavs, 4.0. Exactly. Right? You just knew what it was going to be. So... With that said, uh, we now have the off-season drama of where will LeBron go? Now, this has been, like, slowly building up. It's been crescendoing into this big thing as the off-season has been approaching, but it's finally here. Love or hate, the NBA off-season drama of LeBron possibly leaving the Cavs is going to be more intriguing than NBA playoffs itself. Oh, love. And not even because I really love the idea of LeBron holding the NBA hostage for a few months. That part sucks. I'm not interested in that necessarily. But the NBA playoffs were unwatchable. Correct. They were unwatchable. The Blazers were the three seed in the West. And people were like, ooh, kind of kind of exciting, sexy Blazers. Let's see what they do. Swept by the Pelicans. <laughs> then the Pelicans go to the second round, and they get swept or win one game. Do they get swept or win a game? It was a gentleman's sweep. Okay, gentleman's sweep. It was boring. The Raptors, oh, will they Will they chow? No. They'll vomit all over themselves. They'll Lebronto all over themselves. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I think right now I would take whatever team LeBron's on next year because he's going to go to a contender. Yeah. Or the Warriors, and I'd take it at 10 to 1. So... I would bet I would win $10, you'd win 100 if you got any if any team other than LeBron's team next year or the Warriors win it. I I would take 10 to 1 on those I get those two teams you get the whole rest of the field. That's how much better they are than everybody else. It's, I I agree. It's kind I, of can't, a bummer. I can't disagree with that. It's it's part of the uh, how boring the NBA has been. You just you just pencil in the East whatever team LeBron's on and you're you're good. You know what what that finals team's going to be and then well, now it's made its way to the West where now you have the super team of the Warriors and you just keep penciling it in. I got one for you. All right. In a vacuum, love it or hate it, the Rockets would be better off in their organization in a vacuum, adding Kawhi Leonard as if he were a free agent or adding LeBron James as if he were a free agent. Oh. Mm. Short term, long term. Again, this isn't that they have to trade anything to the Spurs. This is just in a vacuum who would be a better player for their organization. 
I mean, I, I would, I honestly, now, uh, th this is also long, like you said, long term. I would go with Kawhi. Uh, Kawhi is, I think you've said it, probably the third best player in the NBA behind Kevin Durant, LeBron James. He's younger. Um, the one thing, I mean, he is coming off injury. That's kind of worrisome. He basically he missed the whole season this year. Um, so that's worrisome. And beforehand, I would say, oh, I don't think his him being a teammate is going to be worrisome. But after everything that's kind of happened within the last year and a half, that worries me. But what I do know about LeBron is LeBron does a great job of tanking rosters. <laughs> and um, I, I definitely want the guy who's going to be uber talented, but probably going to be uh, more on board with being a team member that's going to go integrate better with the pieces that you already have around him. Chris Paul and James Harden are both kind of quagmires as teammates. I don't think they're quite the Kobe LeBron thing where they implode a team, but they are really difficult, I think, to be with a whole season without there being an issue. Adding LeBron into that mix oh, to man. me um, is a, would be a scary thing. I don't think the Rockets are just a guarantee yeah. superstar type team with LeBron. I think there's some some question about the chemistry of that group. I, I agree. I, I think that's that's a big thing, and that's where that, that comment of whoever's going to be the better teammate. Um, I, I think Kawhi Leonard would integrate with Chris Paul and Harden better than a LeBron would because I don't think LeBron's done it like as – he keeps getting to the finals, but we met, I've mentioned to you off air before we started the show. The one thing that I notice about great players that play with LeBron, they're great when they before they play with LeBron, and you forget how great they are by the time LeBron left. There is a sequel coming out this summer that's going to be the best sequel to have come out in a long time. And no, it is not solo. We wrap up the show, and I tell you what it is. Next on Sports Sunday on 1080 The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. No Mike, no Rashad. Instead, Andrew Nimick is guest hosting today. I am him. I am Andrew Nimick, which isn't very exciting, but... It is the truth. Uh, there is a sequel coming out this summer that's going to be much, much better than anything else. Certainly solo. And you know what it is, Jesse? It is Incredibles 2. Incredibles 2 is going to be, wait for it, play on words here, incredible. I oh, stole it. Uh, is that where you were going? <laughs> that's where I was going. Dang. Do you have anything to add or just that incredible thing was kind of it? It's. Uh, I, was, I was going to say that's incredible. I know. It's gonna be good, and I I have a problem with the Star Wars movie. I know, or I know, I know. Sports Sunday, you come here for the sports, but you stay for the hot Star Wars takes. I am so sick and tired of the Star Wars movies where the Jedi are almost on their way out, and there's like one Jedi left. Can we go? Can we ever do a prequel? We're doing all these prequels and and sequels and all this nonsense. And fine, we're gonna make 15 million Star Wars movies. How about make one where the Jedi are super awesome and just dominant? We haven't seen that era. We've seen Yoda be like, "It's things are going bad." I mean, you know. Yeah, no. There's with, one Jedi left. There's a last hope. There's a last Jedi. There's we have a Jedi school, but this bad Jedi kills all the young Jedi. So now we're back down to one Jedi. Um, the Jedi used to be powerful, but everybody thinks they're a myth because nobody's seen them in, a, in like a thousand years. Go back to a thousand years when they were awesome. Let's see some lightsaber action where they just kick butt. Can we? Can we? Is that too much to ask? 
I think you're on to something. Like, the, oh, I, the, I know I'm on to there, something. There's like literally a thousand years of Jedi culture, and they're they're. Um, I mean, literally they've. They have so many like splintered off books, which they're called the Legacy series now. Oh, you're not, nerding out on me. They're, they're not all, canon. All I'm saying is I want to see lightsabers. Well, I don't know anything about I, canon or anything. Yeah, well, it, it just makes sense because there, the there are old Sith lords that you can go into, yes. and and just that are fighting armies of Jedi, and they have armies of their Sith armies, and yes. You- I, I get the backstory on Solo. I get wanting to do that. I think they did a terrible job at it, but I, I get wanting to do that. But every Star Wars story is based on these same few characters. Luke Skywalker kissed his sister in a romantic way. Why are we sticking with this family? <laughs> There's got to be other families. There has to be a time where the Jedi were super awesome. I want to see a Jedi takeover of a si- of a city of Sith Lord henchmen. Like a massive Star Wars Jedi battle. Instead, we get, there's one left and he's meditating still. I, I'm not interested in it. I'm yeah. tired of it. Incredibles 2, I know what I'm getting. Something I'm getting incredible. Yeah, I am. <laughs> but I'm getting a family of dominance, not a family of kissing sisters. We're going to see something pretty good in Incredibles 2. And Game of Thrones is coming out with a prequel. And I think that's a win. We, You know, we're doing this prequel sequel thing. And I think, you know, Lord of the Rings is coming out on Amazon. I think that's great. I do think the missing piece, and I've said it now for a long time, is dominant Jedi era. It just, there is no dominant Jedi era. We've seen the ring. We've seen, you know, the Lord of the Ring. We've seen the Hobbit. We've seen, we've seen all this stuff. And it's like, this just feels like a layup. How about when the Jedi were awesome instead of when they're dying and suck? Is that a hot take? I feel like that's just honest. No, because the one time that you had something similar to that was episodes one, two, and three, which are considered to be the worst of all of them. And you had the fall of the Jedi in those. And you literally, during those scenes, you like fast forwarded through all of it. Like like you didn't even do anything cool with the fall of the Jedi. You, you literally, I think, showed like a handful of them and then anything cool was literally fast forwarded through that was my problem with the first uh, captain america it was like oh any of the action we're just gonna like do a a quick sequence through it and it wasn't cool yeah yeah no they they definitely have dropped the ball there i'm back on thursday from 7 to 8 p.m for recruiting with andrew nemick i've also got a podcast check that out on 1080 the fan i am not your normal host on sports sunday we will go back to mike and rashad next week They will do a good job, I'm quite sure. I hope I survived it. I hope you tuned in and enjoyed it. Thank you very much for listening on 1080 The Fan. Omaha! 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 This one's for Pat! You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.